Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com. This is the Politically Speaking Hour on St. Louis on the Air. From St. Louis Public Radio, I'm Jason Rosenbaum. Missourians will participate in a much different type of election to choose presidential delegates this year. That's because a couple of years ago, the Missouri General Assembly ditched the state-run presidential primary and instead are entrusting the process to divvy up delegates to national conventions to the Missouri Republican and Democratic parties. This is one instance where Missouri Republicans and Democrats are united in their irritation. They would much rather have local election officials help conduct primaries, but efforts to bring the state-run primaries faltered in 2023. And Missouri's political parties are trying to inform the public about what's to come in the March contests. Joining us now from Kansas City is Matthew Patterson, the executive director of the Missouri Democratic Party. And joining us in studio is Chris Gron Howard, a longtime Republican activist from St. Louis County who helped design the GOP caucus that will take place on March 2nd. Matthew, Chris, welcome to the Politically Speaking Hour on St. Louis on the Air. Privileged. Happy to be here. Thank you very much. One of the key takeaways we've gotten from listeners is they are not happy that the parties are responsible for running the presidential delegate selection process as opposed to local election officials like county clerks are, you know, the St. Louis County Board of Elections. Uh, Chris, would you say that Republicans writ large are also displeased with the situation? Yes, I have traveled over 1,800 miles around the state. You'd think I was running for statewide office training uh, Republican county chairs across the, the state on how to conduct an Iowa-style caucus. And I hear the same complaint everywhere I go. Chris, why do we not have a presidential preference primary? Um, as I pointed out once before, you know, Russ Carnahan, who's the chair of the Missouri Democrat Party, Nick Myers, who's the chair of the Missouri Republican Party, who are almost by rule not allowed to agree on anything, went to Jefferson City, told the legislature, give us this back, and they didn't get it done, and people are not happy about it. Matthew, what does your party think about the situation it's in where you're responsible for organizing and executing uh, these presidential de- delegate selection process? Yeah, as much like Chris, you know, uh, you don't find agreement on too many things. Uh, you see your chairs agreeing, uh, or state, state party chairs agreeing on much, but um, this we can agree with that this is not the ideal situation, but I feel like we've, you know, jumped in and you know, set up a process that I think we'll try to, you know, we're trying to be as inclusive as possible on our side and trying to, you know, make it open and, you know, try to communicate what we're, what we're wanting to do. And, and I think that's been, you know, pretty successful here at the beginning. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of, you know, folks who are not, you know, not pleased saying why, you know, why are we doing this? And, you know, so it's an educational process also. So one of the big proponents of getting rid of the state primary was Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, who told me this earlier this year. If we're going to have an election, the election needs to be the one that actually determines those delegates. And we need to make sure that every election we hold in Missouri 
the people of Missouri, their votes count. Um, so yeah, for several years, probably from like 17 to around 20, um, I kind of pushed and said, look, we shouldn't have both of these. Let's get rid of the primary and um, save the $10 million. Then I started looking at other states' caucuses, and I have never seen a state that has a good process for making sure that our best young and brightest young men and women that Uncle Sam sends around the world um, are allowed to participate in a caucus. And I said, well, that's a real problem if we're creating a system where they can't decide. Uh, so the last couple of years, I've tried to work with the legislature to turn the primary election into an election where the people's votes determine the delegates and the parties can't change that after the fact. That was Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, who also said legislative efforts to reinstate the state-run primary with guarantees the results would determine delegate allocation faltered in 2023. Chris, I think you were about to jump in to respond to Secretary Ashcroft's comment. Yeah. So listen, it, it pains me to do this, but his statement is problematic on a couple fronts. And as you and I talked privately um, legislators of both parties sometimes tend to forget that if it's not in statute, that there's another there's other ways to do it. They, if it's not in statute, they, it doesn't exist to them. And so that's what the hole that Jay has put himself in here. The Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green Party, they are private entities by law. And they can create the rules to determine how their delegates are allocated. And, and please remember... For the Republicans, I don't know what the number is for the Democrats, but the race for president is 270. You get 270 delegates. So it's not about votes. It's about delegates, right? So in 2016, the Missouri Republican Party changed their rules to uh, provide guidance on how our national delegates should be allocated based upon the outcome of the presidential preference primary. And I know that because I helped write those rules. Uh, And so Jay seems to have forgotten that those private rules existed. And I don't know what the Democrats' rules are, but I know they have rules. Uh, Matthew, I want you to also chime in here to respond to Secretary of Ashcroft's comment. Yeah, it's very disappointing that he's made these comments because, like Chris said, you know, we are the results from the primaries have, have been tied to how we allocate our delegates. You know, he called, I think he called this like a beauty contest. And it's like, it's the farthest thing from, you know, a beauty contest. This is actually what we use to determine, you know, the delegate allocation. So I don't understand, you know, and then he also goes to talk about the military voters and what he's done is actually excluded the military voters, um, you know, especially on the Republican caucus, you know, they're not here in person. Uh, they can't participate. So let's walk through how these contests are going to work. And let's, let's start with the Democratic side, because I think it's a lot more straightforward. Matthew, from the outside looking in, it seems that the process is very similar to a primary. Tell us how Missouri Democrats or, or anybody who is eligible to participate in this can get involved. Sure. Yeah, we've got we've kind of taken a two prong approach to this. Uh, the first part of it is um, you can request a ballot. Uh, you can go to MissouriDims.org, and you can request a ballot uh, be mailed to you uh, between now and March the 12th. Um, and then as long as you get that back to us by March 23rd at 10 o'clock, if you get that mailed back to us, uh, that will go. You know that will count uh, for your ballot. Uh, you do not have to be a registered Democrat. Uh, you can be an unaffiliated voter. 
you can be a Democrat affiliated voter, um, and and you'll be allowed to you know vote in in into our primary. Um, and then on March twenty third, uh, we have an in person. What we're lo- looking to do is have an in person event in each county. Uh, Jackson County and um, St. Louis County St. Louis City will have multiple places just because there's larger population there uh, for people to you know to come in and to vote the ballot that way too if they have not requested or if they didn't get their ballot mailed in time that'll be an opportunity for them to drop those ballots off or to you know vote in person um, and you know in in terms of you know, th- we felt like that was the best way to get, you know, as many people involved as possible. Uh, we're also sending out, folk, you know, part of that bill that they passed allowed, you know, people to register as party uh, starting last year. Um, I think in the last um, update that we got, there were over 27,600 registered Democrats. We will mail them automatically a ballot um uh, for them uh, about the middle of the month around february 21st is going to be our first mailing on those along with the folks who have requested a ballot up to that point when i was talking with missouri democratic party chairman russ carnahan a few months ago he noted that this was going to be a very costly process primarily because getting a vendor to mail out ballots and tabulate the votes is not free so how much is this going to cost your party and how is your party going to pay for all of this to make sure it actually works effectively? Now we're looking at the cost is going to be probably between one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand uh, dollars. We're working, like I said, with a vendor. Um, I will say the Democratic National Committee has uh, has pledged and actually has been sending us money for that. Um, it's not going to cover the whole costs, and but it's a partnership with them uh, that we're working, you know, to raise the money on our side. But they've also uh, chipped in a significant portion of it also. And how will votes for this contest be tabulated and when will people find out who won? Yeah. So what we'll do on March 23rd when we have the in-person event, um, uh, those ballots will be you know brought uh, to, to a place uh, that we're working out of in St. Louis with our vendor. And uh, the mail ballots will be sent to a P.O. box in St. Louis that our vendor will collect. Uh, they'll take those ballots to a safe and secure location uh, room that is locked, uh, and those ballots will be put into a uh, into uh, what I call like a case, you know, where they'll store the ballots, and those ballots will be stored uh, in there until March 23rd. They will not be opened. They will not be sorted or anything till March 23rd. Uh, there will be a camera on them 24/7 to make sure that no one, you know, tampers or you know tries to get in there. Um, and then uh, we will start that process of counting ballots uh, using uh, the machines from the vendors to do that to do those ballot counts. Um, and as we receive, you know, we'll start with the mail ballots first, and then we will receive, uh, you know, throughout the afternoon into the evening in St. Louis, we'll be receiving ballots, you know, from the counties across the state. Uh, so the the counting will probably also go into Sunday, and we'll be doing, you know, the county votes on Sunday and then those that information will be released on March 25th on how the outcome came and um, you know how many votes were cast and all that information. We are talking with Missouri Democratic Party Executive Director Matthew Patterson and longtime St. Louis County Republican activist Chris Gron Howard about March's presidential delegate selection processes. Now Chris um, 
To put it mildly, the Republican process is a lot different. It, you, you mentioned it's similar to an Iowa-style mm-hmm. caucus. Correct. What is an Iowa-style caucus, and how will it work on March 2nd? So March 2nd, 10 o'clock, uh, all 114 counties in the city of St. Louis will convene uh, their local caucuses as they have set up. But they're at the t- same time, uh, same date for everyone. Uh, you will come in, and then there will be uh, actually a, a nomination for president of the United States. And so someone will say, I nominate Donald J. Trump. I nominate Nikki Haley. I don't know if there's anyone else left uh, at this point. And so then you will, it's pure democracy. They're going to vote with their feet. They're literally going to get up and go to opposite sides of the room. And they're going to they're gonna do that. And then the, what they're going to do essentially is elect delegates to represent them at the, the Congressional District Convention and the State Convention, which is where national delegates are awarded. National delegates are awarded um, Three delegates and three alternates at each congressional district convention around the state, which will be on April 6th. And then the remaining at-large delegates will be selected at the Missouri Republican State Convention, which will be May the 4th. And y'all can pray for me because that's my wife's birthday and I'm already in trouble. I, I will pray for you. But <laughs> how long should people expect to be at these caucuses? Uh, I expect it'll take no less than three hours. Okay. And, and that- because there's two parts to it. So the first part is the delegate uh election. And then Missouri Republicans will have an opportunity to uh, review and then uh, make amendments to the Missouri Republican Party platform. So every Missouri Republican who shows up will have an input on the Missouri Republican Party platform. So we got a lot of questions primarily from Reddick, including one from Pedanic Dullard, who asks, I want a Republican to specifically answer the question if the caucus by design attracts lower numbers of voters because the participants must remain until the vote is counted. Why was that preferred over a ballot primary where I can do my duty in five minutes and not three to five hours? So remember, most of us in the Republican State Committee lobbied lots of legislators for the presidential preference primary. Uh, we didn't get that. Why we didn't do what the, my uh, friend on the other end of the line here on the Democrats are doing is because we didn't have the money to do it. And I think it's going to cost them a lot more than a couple hundred thousand dollars. But it, God bless them if they can do it for that price. So we didn't think we could execute that with the cost. And so then we were left with a caucus. We've done caucuses before in 2012 and 1996. And so we just built a process that was we felt was cleaner and more efficient than those years. And what we want the presidential preference primary. And I guess this is a question for both of you. Um, can military personnel participate this in this at all? It seems the answer is no. For on, the on our side, unfortunately, no. The legislature essentially disenfranchised every person who's serving in our military. What they about can't, yeah. they can't participate, Matthew? What about for this uh, Democratic selection process? They can. I know they can request one. I, you know the the quickness of getting that to them and getting it back is going to be, is, you know, is going to be the challenge on that. Uh, but so, we feel like, you know, we'll send them out early enough that they'll receive and that they can get them back to us in a timely, you know, enough time. So, so Matthew mentioned that, that registered Democrats and unaffiliated vote, voters mm-hmm. can participate in the democratic process. Do you have to be a registered Republican to participate? So j- just to clarify, we don't yet have registered parties in Missouri. It's a, it's a voluntary affiliation. So what we're talking about is affiliated Democrats or affiliated Republicans. We felt, um, much like the whole fact that people don't even realize we're not having a presidential preference primary, that uh, to require the affiliation would be another hurdle for some people who weren't even aware that they should do it. So that is not a requirement to participate in the process at any level. 
So if, for example, if I haven't checked off Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, I can come to the Republican caucus and participate? Yes. Okay. So Happy Humorist on Reddit writes, how are the parties expecting their preferred system to scale? Like this election cycle for president is pretty one-sided for each party, given it's the first time the systems have been changed. I don't expect a high turnout. But in 2028, when turnout much might be much higher, will their preferred systems be able to handle it? And I think that that is basically saying the elephant in the room. Right now, President Joe Biden is expected to be the Democratic nominee. Donald Trump is expected to be the Republican nominee. But could this be sustainable when there's open races for both in 2028? I'll start with you, Matthew. You know, I believe it is sustainable just because, I mean, you're going to see a level of enthusiasm uh, much higher for both sides and greater turnout. And I don't think that's something that we want to see. I think that's why exactly why we need the return to the uh, state-run presidential primary. Chris, do you think that a, do you think that in 2028, when it's going to be an open race for president on both sides, that 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 if they don't make if the legislature doesn't go back to a state-run primary, there's going to be some real logistical problems? Absolutely, I agree with what Matthew said. Listen, we want a presidential preference primary. Listen, I was the chief architect for the system. I'm proud of it. I hope we never have to use it again. Do you expect that how these processes go could determine whether legislators end up acting in, in 2025, for example, to, to revert back to a state primary? So it, for the Republicans, I can tell you that a lot of legislators have felt uncomfortable is they've attended some of these trainings, and I have pointed out their what I consider a failure uh, of the legislature. Uh, and so I think a lot of people who voted to eliminate the presidential preference primary, if they knew what they knew now, they would have voted different, and I think they will vote to reinstate it. Matthew, do you think that whatever happens in the next few weeks with the Democratic and Republican presidential selection process could be determinative about whether the legislature goes back to a state-run primary where local election officials are in charge of organizing it? No, I don't know if it's about then what happens, you know, whether it's our you know, with our presidential primary or with the Republican caucus. But I think there's just the expectation that these are, uh, that these events would be state run, that these elections would be state run. And I think they're just the folks being, you know, have, you know, finally realized that this is happening and that they're seeing this. I think just the outcry from Democrats and Republicans and, and unaffiliated voters that legislators will do the right thing and restore the funding. I think that's something that the you know, that hopefully they see that that's one of the first things they should do in 2025. I don't know if it is or not, but uh, but I would hopefully that, you know, because of public out you know outcry. And I hope there's nothing that happens that, you know, makes, you know, that, you know, something bad happens in terms on the Republican side or on the Democrat side that, you know, looks like a disaster or whatever or whatnot. But um, I would just hope the outcry from voters is enough to make that change. Chris, Matthew, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Today's episode was produced by Jason Rosenbaum. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. 
St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.